It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Atlanta Falcons want continuity. And there's a team locally where there is some skepticism about whether or not the right person is in place to take them to the right place. And last but not least, and for the culture, how about this? Uh, There's somebody else famous going to HBCU. That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I'm going to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. It's ATL Day Ones, your team every day. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. But T, when you think about what... The Atlanta Falcons have done in this offseason. Go back to when, as soon as the new league year started, we heard of the $105 million deal for Chris Lindstrom and making him the highest paid guard in NFL history. Ah, amazing. So, right, and, and you know me, and I was right behind that, that, that announcement saying, like, hey, it's about doggone time because this dude has earned every penny of it. But I think the interesting thing was – not too long after that, probably a few weeks after that or whatever, we heard that um, Caleb McGarry was being brought back. And I got a chance to ask Chris about that. And I think his answer, answer was pretty interesting to you when you think about how he was concerned about whether or not he was going to come back. And then he, when he found out, he was just elated. And I think that kind of goes along with the consistency that we've seen from the right side of this offensive line uh, last year and how they were one of the better running football teams in the NFL. Yeah, that I, I really like the fact that Chris Lindstrom is thinking in terms of the importance of consistency because right. you know who that impacts as well. And it may sound like team obvious, but Desmond Ritter. Yeah. That could oh, go yeah. a long way for him in terms of seeing the same guys who were there blocking for him last season back this season. Maybe with the exception of obviously the left guard. Right. But if that right group is shored up right on on the right side of him and then on the left side of him for the most part we've got team members or players who are shored up who've been there and done that that's that other piece Jarvis you now have several players who have three four eight years under their belt so if the Falcons which we do believe they will whether that's with the number eight pick number 44 any other pick if they go out and get a left guard for the draft how important is it, and we know that it's very important, that all of those players who've been there during that four-game sample size, but not only that, they were there during training camp last year, they're here for off-season voluntary workouts this season, so important to have that continuity. And I just love the fact that Chris Lindstrom was able to kind of craft the narrative that way because it makes perfect sense. 
and 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 to confirm what you just said about Desmond Ritter being uh being um understanding of what it means to have the same guys up front and especially when, when you're able to establish somewhat of an identity last year and he got four games of that he got a taste of that like he said he said when I asked him because I asked him about you know, those guys coming back and getting, getting big contracts he said look at my face you see the smile on my face <laughs> and he had a big old grin on his face saying you know what I'm happy these guys are back because I'm familiar with those guys I know what to expect from those guys they know what to expect from me you know that even though it's a, only four games but they kind of got a good idea of how how I run the huddle and how I get down and Chris talked about that as well as far as like how he commands the huddle and he's a guy that's easy to follow and you can see the leadership qualities that he has and that he's done nothing but to uh, exemplify that you know um, in the spring with working out with guys and, and getting thrown with guys and then when the OTAs you know uh, getting rolling here you know those are some of the things that guys look for and that they're going to gravitate towards that every time 100% of the time and hopefully we didn't see a big jump from Caleb McGarry as it relates to pass protection but it was incremental yeah. So who's to say that it won't jump a little bit more even this year, right? And as Desmond Ritter starts to kind of get his legs under him, not that he's going to be a running quarterback per se, but there will be times where he can take off. We know he can. Then we know that's where Caleb McGarry shines. So right. I, I believe that while it may not have been everyone's first choice to stick with McGarry, he's here now. And yeah. at least you know for the offense that Arthur Smith likes to run, he really does fit in that offense because his run protection is definitely at the top when you think about others at his position across the league. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, right? You know, Arthur Smith is not going to put his his players in positions to fail. You know what I mean? Sure. So, like, hey, I understand what, what the right side of my offensive line is, and I know what their strengths are, and I'm going to cater towards that. I'm going to cater to that every time, and, and I don't blame him for that. And, and there, obviously there are going to be some situations where they're going to have to pass the football, but yeah. you, you hope that you know the, the, the identity of being able to run the football and establish that, that's going to help that pass protection tremendously, um, especially you know when you have a guy like Tyler Adjir coming back into his second year and coming off the season that he has. So I think there's going to be more than – capable of, of doing what they need to do. Now, speaking of, another little news come out of Flowery Branch T. How about this? C.J. Stroud, Jalen Carter have been out at Flowery Branch visiting. Like, when you hear those two names put together, uh, uh, making a visit up to Flowery Branch, what's the first thing to come to your mind? So, when I hear C.J. Stroud, my first thought is, well, you have to actually entertain him because, yes. <laughs> you know, now everybody's starting to play chess now checkers. Now all oh, of a no sudden doubt. the yeah. Texans are like, yeah, we don't Ooh, know. We no. might not go quarterback. <laughs> We're going to take some calls. And, it, you know, it's all conjecture at this point. But, right. hey, if you want to be in position to make a move, whether that's up, back, stay where you are. You've got you've to gotta do your due diligence. To me, C.J. Yeah. Stroud is just one more example of due diligence. However, Jalen Carter, ooh, I, I really hope that's not just due diligence. Because yeah. if he is at Please eight, be a, yes. if he is take at him. eight, take him. Take him. Take him. Take him. So I really, really hope that one is due diligence, but not both of them are due <laughs> <Yes>. diligence <laughs> at all. Because that's a, that, 
that's still a guy, even with all of the challenges that he's faced off the field in the last, say, five or so months that we're aware of, still Mm -hmm. a guy who, ultimately speaking, if placed around the right people, Calais Campbell, Grady Jarrett, who can show him some, who can, yes, and David Mm -hmm. Onyemata, exactly, Mm -hmm. who can show him the way off the field and on the field, I I think you take a chance on him. I think you take a chance on him. Yeah, no doubt. And as far as C.J. Stroud goes, I think these guys are kind of in two different boats, right? Because I think when you look at I've, I, coming into this, this draft team, this draft season, I always thought that Bryce um, Young was the better quarterback. He was the best sure. quarterback. He was QB1 yeah. for me yes. in my eyes because Indeed. I've seen enough of greatness from him on the college level. So, he, And when you think about C.J. Stroud – yeah, there were some times where you can kind of question his big game ability uh, against Michigan. You know what I mean, as a, from a career standpoint. But I think that Georgia game was thing was the thing that put him over the top. And I think him being a few inches, three to four inches uh, t- taller than Young, helped yeah. him out as well. So yeah. you start to see the hype machine, you know, start to build a little bit. Now I think it's starting to come back to earth because we, as we know, the realness comes out. All of the, the, the combine, all that stuff wears off the closer and closer you get to the draft. And I think that's what's happening with C.J. Stroud. Not to say his draft stock is dropping, because I still think he can go to Houston. That can oh, happen. Absolutely, yeah. But I, I do wholeheartedly believe that, you know, you're starting to see, you know, the Falcons say, hey, you know, we're going to do our due diligence because yeah. he it's might the be there. It's yeah. a possibility. It yeah. could happen. Absolutely but, a possibility. And But I, here's what I don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. We now know that one of the more consistent, reliable members of the wide receiver core has moved on to what you could call greener pastures. He's, yes. uh, with, according to Olamide Zacchaeus' agency, he's going to sign with the Eagles. The Eagles, yeah. And mm-hmm. my first thought was, and of course, you know, I'm making, I'm just saying this to make you laugh before we move on. Yes. Oh, dear God. Now you've lost a receiver. Please tell me you're not like gonna do that at eight. Like, do you think? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I can, short answer, no. Uh, uh, a little bit longer than the short answer. I, I look at it like this. I feel like they've got you know uh, the slot type of guy in Scott Miller. I think he has yeah. got to be able to be able to fill that role. If you're looking to get the same type of production that you got from Alameda la- uh, last the, year, the you know what I mean? Very much so so yeah. I think that that's I'm fine right there. Now, if you're talking about a, a game breaker type wide receivers, that's what's in their mind. Right. Yeah, I don't think that. But as far as Alameda Zacchaeus, you know, uh, moving on to Greener Pastures and good for him. Um, yes. I, I think I don't think that's going to warrant them saying, hey, we're going to go get Jackson Smith or Jigba. Nah. I don't think that's going to go down like that. But uh, real quick, T, um, the Braves lost last night. Like, and what? One, one to zero. You know, Uncle Charlie was on the mound. I'm still going to call yeah. him Uncle Charlie because he went six innings. You know, gave up one run. He made a big mistake against uh, uh, Mr. Juan Soto, who had been looking crazy against Spencer Strider. So Juan Soto had to do some making up. So um, so the Braves go five and one on, on the road trip. And I think that. The main thing for me, T, is not really care about the loss, but, hey, it's baseball. They're going to be losses. Um, but I, I, I am encouraged by what I saw from Uncle Charlie and what I saw from the bullpen, given the fact that they've given, they're dealing with these injuries and everything like that, and they're still able to be able to maintain games and be able to give their batting lineup an opportunity for them to win games. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately for Charlie Morton, 
he didn't get any run, run support. That's right. the unfortunate yes. thing because that Absolutely. was another And they had plenty of opportunities as well. Plenty yes. of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it literally, we went back into, okay, here we go with these runners in scoring position, and nobody's capitalizing wrist. on it. Just, yeah, here we go with the wrist. The wrist. The wrist. It's like, again, come on now, Braves. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, whether we like it or not, whether it's just kind of like an old wives' tale or not, they are on the struggle bus in the daytime. I mean, they just it's the craziest thing, but they just cannot get right in the daytime. So, yeah, the most encouraging thing to your point was, well, actually a couple. Charlie Morton with his six innings and five strikeouts, yeah. and the defense was still on point, Sam Hilliard. So once they found him one, Alex yes. and Thaba did it again. Yes, yes. <laughs> he did it so again. like you said, losses happen. It's it's a long season. Losses happen, but when we can still take away the kind of nuggets that you just mentioned and I just mentioned, I feel very confident that they can go into Houston tomorrow for their three game set against the Astros and walk away winning that series. Absolutely, I'm so on board with that. Speaking of something that I'm not on board with. Trey Young being overrated? Come on now. Like, we're going to talk about that next. But first, we got to talk about Built.com. You know, T and I have been talking about the Built Bars and how we've been getting working out, getting our lives together. Actually, as soon as we get done with this show, I'm going to go work out because I'm feeling weird. I got to get a workout on. And guess what I'm going to get with me, take with me as I can walk out that door and my wife look at me crazy. I'm going to get a Built Bar. I'm going to check it out. Now, here's the thing. Built.com has something super special for you, right? April 22nd. Say it with me. April, April 22nd. 22nd. Yes, it's going down. They got a new flavor, and we have absolutely no idea what it's going to be. So, <laughs> April 22nd, here's what I want you to do go to built.com. If you know how built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do the amazing flavor drops with unreal fra- flavors in limited quantity. So, marking calendars, head to built.com. On Saturday, April 22nd, to be one of the first to discover what the, all the hype is about. And all you got to do is drop in that code LOCKEDON15. You're going to get 15% off your order. I have no idea what it's going to be. But you know what? I won't be surprised if they doggone drop some Fruit Loops built bar. Like, you know what I'm saying? Give me a Fruit Loop built bar or or Apple Jacks built bar. That would be absolutely amazing. So, yeah, go, go to built.com. April 22nd, and find out what that new flavor is and get yourself 15% off as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Sounds like a plan that you guys should take advantage of, boy, oh boy. And I'm excited, too, because they've kind of got us waiting in the wings like, hmm, what is it going to be? Mm -hmm. And another thing that we are waiting in the wings to see is whether or not the Hawks will have a bounce-back game tomorrow night at State Farm Arena when the opening round playoff series transitions back home, right? Right. So we're looking at that and hoping they can get back in, in this series. But let's be honest. We're not necessarily looking at it like that tells us that they're going to win the series. So you cannot stop looking at the offseason. You just can't. Right. And exactly. when you look at the offseason, that means you're looking across the rotation. And once again, when you think about some of the woes that we've seen in this team, a lot of it 
does hinge on their star, and that's yeah. Trey Young. So there was an excerpt, a very interesting excerpt recently from a survey in The Athletic. And with Trey Young, they said it should be, it should surprise no one. It should not be a surprise that even his fellow players are somewhat skeptical of him these days. He's the franchise centerpiece player, and it's during a time of a lot of tumult, a lot of organizational transition, which means, of course, that's where the spotlight's going to fall. So just like it did in a more flattering light, because when you're up, you're up, and it's you're going to get all the shine, right? Mm-hmm. When you're down, you're going to get a lot of spotlight as well. It just might not be the spotlight you want. So do you feel like people are still waiting for that run type situation or they're still evaluating Trey Young and for that matter, the Hawks on what happened two years ago. And therefore based on them getting to the Eastern conference finals and taking the bucks to six games, are they using that to say, okay, he's overrated because look who the Hawks have been these last two seasons since that run. Ooh, wow. That is an amazing question. Um, I I think that, it's a lot of different factors go that go into Trey Young's um, overratedness, if that's a real word, or you know, I make up a word every from time to time. Y'all know how I get down. But I, I think when overall, if we're just asking me specifically, is Trey Young as a basketball player overrated? No, because what do you rate him? You know, is he a super? Well, I've never heard people saying that Trey Young is a superstar or he's one of the best players in the league. I, I've I've heard and seen that he's a fringe All Star player, and that's kind of how I look at him. That's how I look at him. He's a really good basketball player who I feel that are uh, certain things that he can do to become a better basketball player and eventually get to that superstardom that he seems like he wants. So. I'm not going to sit up here and say the man is overrated, but I will say that some of those other factors, you got two coaches that got fired and both of them look like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now you have Quinn Snyder. Are you going to act right for Quinn? And and you got new ownership. I mean, not new ownership, excuse me, but you new front office. Travis Lank yeah. is gone. He was the guy who built that team that went to that 2021 Eastern Conference final. So he's out the door now. You got a young, inexperienced guy in Landry Fields now running the show. And you got all of the question marks that go that surrounds that front office and the guys who are participating in that. You know, Nick Ressler's son. So all those things I feel like are being piled on which when it comes to Trey Young now granted he does deserve some blame because he is playing awful right now <laughs> and like this entire season has been not been good in front of, specifically shooting from the three-point line so I think that when uh, all these factors you know kind of come together people like okay they look at the situation like yeah he is overrated nah I'm not gonna go that far but I will say that he does der- deserve some blame for some of the things that have gone down, specifically when it was Lloyd Pierce and, and also with Nate McMillan and not being able to handle his grown man stuff. I just use that. He's not being able to be a grown man when it comes to certain situations. Yeah. I just feel like people are just going to put that into the equation and say, you know what? Yep. He's overrated. Yeah. And if you compare it to two things, number one, if you compare it to Trey from the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago, yeah, you might say he was overrated just because there may be may have been a little bit of overachievement, not just by the Hawks, but by Trey himself. Absolutely. So yeah. if you're comparing him to that, well, yeah, you could say he's overrated because sample size then sample size now night and day. 
mm-hmm. night and day. So yeah. if that's your comparison. Also, if your comparison is that you expected him to evolve his game after that run, then yeah, you could say he's overrated because the game hasn't evolved enough in critical areas, right? Right. So I can understand why his fellow players, coaches and the like would say he's overrated, but I also think that that is a premature rating because we are talking about someone who's four years into his career. So hit me with it. If he's seven years in, a la Michael Jordan, first time you win a championship is your seventh year. Hit me at that point if he hasn't gotten to where we thought he would have gotten based on what happened two years ago. And that's where I think I draw the line in, okay, what is your definition of overrated? What are you, what are you basing it on? What are the merits of that? But, again, I can understand because when you look at the performances in games one and two of this series, it's like not only do the Hawks need to reset, but if we whittle that thing down, Jarvis, really it's Trey Young who has to reset. And to me, Trey Young, and there there are a couple others I want to talk about, but him in particular, and I was thinking about this. As we move closer and closer to the offseason, to me, one of the bright spots of this run when it ends is going to be the move to get Quinn Snyder when they did, when the Hawks did. Because now he has a serious sample size. He's mm-hmm. got almost a third of the season worth of sample size. He's got a play-in game and some playoff games to see who can step up when there's pressure. Uh, he has an opportunity also to show us, Jarvis, if he can make the right moves as well. The right move was to bring him in, but he needs to show us as well what kind of adjustments he can make in this must-win game, starting with Trey Young. Yeah, I and I think that when... And and the thing that kind of gets me a little a little afraid a little bit. Let me let me get let me let me open up my feelings, open up my heart a little bit. Let me open up my chest a little bit here, T. Is when Quinn Snyder says keep shooting, and it was one particular time after a practice, or it was during the interview, and Trey Young was just like, "Yes, sir, coach." And I was just like, "Oh, I don't know how right. I feel about that because yeah. he's been in a shooting slump for yeah. basically the entire season, T. Like." And I'm just like, okay, that's your response to that. Right. I don't know how I feel about that and yeah. because we know he's gonna shoot it because yeah. you know they had some coaches prior. To- yeah. <laughs> he already knows you're gonna shoot it. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like he ain't talking to you, bro. Like I think you need to understand like the message. Like he ain't talking to you. He's talking to Jalen Johnson, Sadiq Bay, John Collins, all them yeah. folks. You know, he yeah. that's what that's what he's speaking to. Mm-hmm. But because we know you have confidence in shooting the rocks, yeah. but I think that's the thing that I feel like I don't know if that's the reset. Like it might be, hey man, you need to get people more involved, or or well, you yeah. need to get to the basket more. You need to stop turning the ball over. Yes, that's that the might reset. be the reset. That's the that's, that's the, reset the reset right reset. there. Stop turning over the rock yeah. like you doggone DeAndre Hunter or something. Yeah, yeah. goodness gracious. Yeah, that has to stop. And I think too, there need there have to be some adjustments that Quinn Snyder is going to make. And we, I, I don't want to say Clint Capella is. I think he's having like a solid series so far a solid postseason however he's not gonna have a breakout postseason when he's going up against a team that plays small ball I mean they pretty much put forwards out there Mm -hmm. and you got Al Horford out here shooting threes at a 45 percent clip so that's just yeah so matchup wise that's when you start to say 
I mean, at least Onyeka will take a three, regardless of if he's going to make a whole lot of them, but he can at least get out there and give you a 17-foot jumper, or he can give you a three every now and again. He's a bit smaller, so he can bang in there with those forwards, right? right? And so that's what I'm interested in seeing as well. Not so much that Clint played poorly, but rather what's the favorable matchup in the front court if you can't get a favorable matchup across your completely across your backcourt yeah and that's and that's going to be the key like that's what that's what i've really that's what i'm evaluating just from a standpoint of you know like i know they're not going to win this series series but i want to see what type of adjustments are made as they go through this series because hey the way it's looking it's like it's going to be they only got two more games to be able to do that (laughs) yeah yeah if we if we get what we got in the first two games then yeah we only have two games left but if you want to know what we think about that game heading into the game or if you want to know what we think about the Braves heading into their final three games on this road trip check us out every day or do what you do come through and tell us what you think as well what are your thoughts on what you want your expectations out of this Hawks Celtic series what are your expectations out of the Braves as we're getting good news about Michael Harris II and others who are slowly but surely bringing themselves back on the field or on the mound in the case of others? So tell us about it because you're everydayers. We actually take what you say seriously and we appreciate you. So don't forget ATL wherever you download your podcasts. Listen in and don't forget, please tell a friend because there are enough seats at the table for every everydayer. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Absolutely. As, as never there, make sure you go and get that red solo cup. I've got them for you guys. Just drop it in the comment box every day. You're and then, you know, I might might do something special for you. But, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. When you think about HBCUs, T, over the past five or six years, I, I'm going to go out on the limb and say that this is probably the most talked about they've – that, that the most conversations that have been had about HBCUs on a, on a public yeah. platform – since I've been around, since I've known about HBCUs before I, I went I went to one down in Albany, Georgia. There we go. And of course, you know, Tanisha went to the Xavier. You know what I'm saying? Can't 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 go without saying that. But um so when you think about like the popularity of them and the conversations about them and people learning about what they actually are and what they're about, I, I think that when you hear about Fantasia deciding to go back to school she want to get her business degree she's going to go to central state university that's uh we know somebody else that went to central too you know hbcu up in ohio so you know how cool is it to see 
you know, Fantasia make that decision saying, you know what? It doesn't matter how old you are, but I want to go out here and make sure I get my stuff together and get me a degree. Yes, I think that is so awesome. And I follow her on social media and she posted a video where some of the Central State alum gathered around her at the school and they sang the alma mater. It was just, re- there's, you know, whatever their alma mater song is. I can't think of the word right now, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, they, they sang the song and it was pretty darn cool. But for me, just looking at her whole evolution, right, because... Right. When we look back at how we found out there was a Fantasia Barino, it's American Idol. And mm-hmm. then as she comes on the scene, she bursts on the scene, we find out, oh, okay, you're from utter and complete singing brilliance because your entire Absolutely. family can sing, yes. including two members of Jodeci. That's just how bad you guys are. Like, it's awesome what they are doing in North, still continue to this day in North Carolina, but. The important thing is she just kept evolving. Well, she came from up there too. High school. Yeah. I know, people, right? People don't know uh, that. Technically, yeah, technically, technically, yeah, he came from that way. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. He's always right. going to claim the A. Forget it, Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. But she will always, she'll always claim North Carolina because she talks Absolutely. about it even yeah. on her Instagram. And you know, mm. she went back to get her GED. And so that's Back that in 2010. Was a huge, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. That was yeah. huge for her to be able to do that. And then just to kind of see she's doing, she calls it rock soul. So her soul is a little bit different. Her stage presence is absolutely amazing. And she and her husband do a lot to support black love and to, and to just let everybody know how to have a healthy relationship. So now yeah. this past year she decides to become an honorary member of sigma gamma rho sorority yeah. incorporated mm-hmm. and like they have just embraced her and she's embraced the experience and now to see her embrace the experience of going to college it's just to me it's phenomenal because i am a super fan i love her to death and to see her just say okay there's another hurdle i want to you know experience that and i think when you Think about J.R. Smith. That kind of started it off. And Chris Paul. Too. Yep, I was just yeah, about to say that. Yep. Kind of yeah. cool. Kind of cool to see them go back. So, like you yeah. said, never too late to pursue your dreams. Never. Yeah, Jr. is is an interesting story. When you talk about evolution, right. <laughs> you know, Mister Mister Henny, you know, rocking around with his shirt off on on a parade day to now playing golf and playing on a team and, and building the bonds with those guys, all those young brothers that that play at um, North Carolina A and T. He's on the golf team and uh, actually a documentary out too that's really cool about that. So I got a chance to check out a few episodes from that. So yeah, like. J.R. Smith, Fantasia, you know, where they came from, and, 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 and J.R. Smith having a learning disability, finding that out at a certain age, and, and being able to deal with that and how to process that, now to being on the unroll at school and college, it's yeah. just a dope thing to watch to see how people kind of evolve and, and, and be able to do better for themselves and, and with everybody watching, too. So I, I think that's all the way cool. And and I think that's something to be thankful for as individuals and people who get a chance to check it out. Because, hey, this is motivating someone. We don't know who, but it is motivating someone. And we thank you, guys, for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you just leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you. I'll show a little love. And also, those people who've shown love by being everydayers, we appreciate you as well. If you haven't, if you aren't an everydayer, go ahead and drop a comment in the comment box as an everydayer and start listening every day. Because you don't want 
tell stories to us. You don't be lying and stuff like that, you know. So drop that every day you're in there and then start listening every day. It's never too late to get started. But if you don't do anything else before you do for the rest of this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, I want you guys to make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.